0: Ready to live at the higher vibrations where peace, love, joy, and good health are the daily standard? That's what this show is all about. Welcome to Vibe. And here's your host, Robin Openshaw.
1: Hey, everyone, it's Robin Openshaw. Welcome back to the Vibe Show. Today I'm going to introduce you to Dr. Michael Murray, and he is one of the world's leading authorities on natural medicine. In fact, he's published over 30 books featuring natural approaches to health. I own a bunch of his books. He serves on the board of regents of Bastyr University in Seattle. And Bastyr is a really uh, great university because it was the first to get accredited in a lot of these uh, arenas of natural medicine. There's a quote by Dr. Michael Murray that I like a lot, where he says, One of the great myths about natural medicines is that they are not scientific. The fact of the matter is that for most common illnesses, there is greater support in the medical literature for a natural approach than there is for drugs or surgery. Obviously, this is in keeping with what we explore here on The Vibe Show. Uh, Dr. Murray is 60, and even though he misses by a few years are seeking out elders who are 65 plus and still doing great work, I still wanted to interview him in that category because he looks amazing for 60. He clearly practices what he preaches, but he's been com- really instrumental in bringing some natural supplements to the U.S. that have done a lot of good. Some examples are milk thistle extract Ginkgo biloba, St. John's wort, glucosamine, saw palmetto. Okay, there's, there's a bunch of these that you have probably used, and it's actually Dr. Michael Murray who brought them to American awareness. So he has something coming up that I think is pretty exciting. We wanted to interview him about that and also what he does to stay young and fit and doing his best work when a lot of people are thinking about retirement. So, welcome to the Vibe Show, Dr. Michael Murray.
0: Well, thank you, Robin. It's it's always a great pleasure to talk uh, with you. And uh, what an exciting topic! Uh, thank you for conducting uh, these interviews.
1: Well, we're excited to learn from you. As one of our elders, you didn't actually qualify as sixty-five plus, but you're you're getting close to the category, and we wanted you to be on the show because you're still doing great things and A lot of people at the age of 60 plus, their big goal is to spend a lot of time playing golf and you're still out there doing great stuff.
0: Well, I tell you what, I I am highly motivated to keep getting better and uh, that includes uh, obviously my health and uh, I feel fantastic at 60. I chuckle when people say that they feel as good as they did when they were 20 or 30 or even 40. Uh, I think they're, they're just forgetful. Uh, What I've noticed is that, uh, yeah, I'm still passionate about life and I still have great energy levels. I enjoy a great life, but uh, yeah, aging does take its toll, especially when we travel and when we exert ourselves. But uh, you know what? Uh, We can always uh, strive to uh, maintain our health and, and get better each and every day.
1: Well, you know, I have four bookshelves throughout my house, all of them packed with hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of wellness books. And you have the dubious distinction of being um, the author of the biggest, fattest health book that I have. In fact, fun fact, it's actually underneath my microphone right now because it's the fattest book I own and it needs to reach up to the level of my mouth. And your book is called The Encyclopedia of Healing Foods. And it's one of how many books have you published?
0: Uh, I, I've written over 30 books, and uh, I love that book. I, I appreciate you ha- having it. Uh, my my best-selling book is the Encyclopedia of Natural Medicine, and I love that book, too. You know, our, our books are like children. We don't want to say one's more favored than another, but I love food, and uh, writing the Encyclopedia of Healing Foods was just great fun, and uh, it's very inspirational. For me, uh, the more i learn about food the more i learn about nature and natural healing the, the greater my respect appreciation and awe that i have for for nature and i don't know if you've ever had this experience Robin, but you know when i'm when i have a new audience like uh, the dinner meeting or whatever and i we're, I, we're, we're served healthy food and i I just can't help myself. I just start talking about, hey, did you know this food's good for your liver? This food has been shown to, to uh, help improve brain function, or whatever. I'm, I'm telling people about what health benefits they're going to get from eating this uh, healthy meal in front of us, and it's amazing how many times people look at me, and they're almost dumbfounded, and they say, wow, I, I never really thought about it, but it's almost like these plants were placed here to help us be healthy. And I'm like, yeah, that's that's exactly right.
1: Well, I would expect nothing less and nothing different than that you be the sort of Cliff Clavin of the natural foods world, since you did write a an encyclopedia of food. So,
0: it's it's great fun, and and I like to to get across to people is that. Uh, The greatest uh, technology in the universe is nothing that man has created. The the greatest technology is nature. And the way we commune with nature on a daily basis is through the food that we eat. And we're just scratching the surface and understanding how food uh, can affect our health, promote health, or or on the flip side, uh, the wrong food choices can be uh, really catastrophic to our health. So uh, I, I really believe that the future of medicine is food. And uh, I just got done uh, finishing a summit that'll be uh, uh, launching uh, on uh, October 13th, the Healing Power of Food Summit. It was a great event. Uh, We recorded uh, over 30 interviews with some of the top experts in the world on uh, food and medicine. And they all had different opinions, but there was more common ground than than, uh, disagreement. But the underlying theme is, is that Uh, The the future of medicine is food, and we're learning more and more how we can utilize uh, food in ways to really help people achieve their health goals.
1: Okay, so I'm dying to hear more about the summit because you have a lot of my personal heroes on there. You have quite a few uh, folks that we've had speak on the summit. I know David Katz, Joel Fuhrman, um, Michael Greger, and others. But before we go there, I want to back up because I want to talk about you a little bit. I want to talk about why you chose to be a naturopathic doctor and what you think is happening. What? Why did you decide to be a naturopathic doctor instead of a medical doctor? What's in your background that made you go this unconventional route?
0: Well, I, I went and uh, saw a naturopathic physician when I was uh, 19 years old. And uh, it was a life-changing experience for me, uh, my dad had uh, turned me on to this doctor. Uh, my dad had developed Bell's Palsy, and that's a condition where you lose the the, uh, the innervation to the muscles in your face. And the left side of his face was just uh, yeah, basically uh, non-functioning. And he went and saw this naturopath, and, and uh, Dr. Ralph Weiss literally brought his face back to life. And I'd had a knee operation, and my leg hadn't responded fully uh, to physical therapy and all the other steps that I was taking. And so my dad really encouraged me to go see this doctor, and I did. And it was amazing and, and just a life-changing experience. And the more I started looking into nutrition and herbal medicine and all these other natural approaches, it just made a lot of sense to me. And uh, so I, I changed my focus from pre-law to pre-medicine and, and uh, was all gung-ho to become a naturopathic physician.
1: What do you think some of the most exciting things are that we're on the cusp of in functional medicine or naturopathic medicine?
0: Well, I, I just think that uh, the constant and ever-growing appreciation of the role that food plays in our lives. And I, I just think that we're on the cusp of really understanding uh, to a much greater degree how food impacts our health. And I think this discovery of the microbiome, is, you know, it's always been there. Uh, but now we have technology that allows us to to really uh, gauge the impact of foods and, and diets and other approaches that can really influence the the type and Uh, function and and activity of different uh, gut microbes and that plays a huge role in our overall health as well as uh, we might be able to use food uh, to indirectly impact various health conditions through the microbiome. For example, uh, one of the most provocative studies occurred about 15 years ago. It was published in the medical journal Nature and this study, it got everyone so excited because it may be this simple at some point. What they did in this study is they took the, the fecal contents of fat rats and uh, inoculated skinny rats. And they had taken the, the, the fecal contents of the skinny rats and inoculated the fat rats. The fat rats became skinny. The skinny rats became fat. And the reason is is because they switched out their their gut microbiome, and so that really has initiated a lot of research on how we can influence the microbiome to to maybe help people lose weight, reduce their risk of heart disease, Alzheimer's disease, and all these other chronic degenerative diseases. So I think I think that's really exciting, and we're really just on the cusp of of understanding exactly how to go about doing that. We do know that many of the healthy diets out there are really great for the microbiome and accomplish eventually what we're trying to do, and that is create a healthier microbiome.
1: Yeah, I'm not surprised that you brought up all the emerging science about the microbiome, because I think it's one of the things we're hearing the most about. I, I start to see people, I feel like, jumping the gun and saying, okay, based on your microbiome, you should have this specific diet or that one or that one or that one, which feels kind of like that old eat right for your blood type, which is a little bit theoretical, maybe maybe jumping the gun a little bit. But I'm excited to see what comes out of the Human Microbiome Project because it's in all this emerging science because I do think it's going to change um, change many things. I think we know a ton about nutrition and people don't realize how much we actually really know. It's all pretty fairly settled. But I, I also wonder what you think is going to gonna happen in the field of genomics and epigenetics in naturopathic medicine.
0: Oh, a- absolutely. And that, that's another, uh, you know, big piece of the puzzle. The future of medicine is going to involve really taking a look at someone uh, from a more holistic perspective. The thing I like about the microbiome research uh, is that if we look at what influences the microbiome, it's just about everything. The microbiome is influenced by not only our diet, but also our thoughts, our emotions, our experiences, it's affected by environment, it's affected by a physical activity, hormones. So everything kind of impacts that, that microbiome and we have more uh, genetic expression happening through the microbiome than we do uh, in our own in our own body, uh, in terms of uh, genomics and nutrigenomics, that field too is is really exciting. And I think in both genomic research as well as microbiome research, what's going to happen, Robin, is that anytime there's an advance in science, we have to discard old thoughts because they're no longer true. And there's a lot of Things out there in the, <laughs> in, on the internet and on the market in the market, uh, I think promoting uh, you know certain approaches to to dealing with the genomics and, and also the microbiome that I think will 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 not stand up to the test of science and time. Uh, and in, in particular, I think it's uh, it's going to be a lot different what we utilize. Uh, in terms of probiotics and prebiotics to influence the microbiome than the tools that we currently have. And I think uh, some of the tools that we have right now will will be disproven.
1: Interesting. And so your project that you have coming up that I think is really interesting because you brought people together from a lot of different camps is the Healing Power of Foods Summit Um, And I'm excited to hear what you have to say about what it was like to bring together the vegans like Dr. Furman and uh, Ocean Robbins, both friends of mine, and David Katz from Yale University, who definitely comes down uh, examining the evidence on the side of the plant-based diet, but is a little bit more moderate. You have paleo people. And keto people like Mark Hyman and others, what, what was it like to bring people from all sides of the fence?
0: Well, I think there's more common ground than uh, disagreement. Everyone is singing the same song about the need to get away from processed foods, refined carbohydrates, unhealthy fats. Everybody's on board with that. I, I think that uh, one thing that's really clear is that uh, it's hard to say that there's one Diet that fits all, and uh, I, I'm I'm a big fan of people that uh, empower uh, consumers, empower their patients, and and and, and are pragmatic uh, with and not dogmatic in, in determining what's the best diet for that particular person. Uh, you know, being a health advocate myself, you know, I've tried all these different diets uh, and I have found what works for me. Just to give you an example, uh, intermittent fasting is something that is really popular right now we're just inundated with all these testimonials from people uh, before and after pictures and people talking about uh, you know a ketogenic diet and intermittent fasting and burning fat and all that and I said well look, I, I want to give this a try before I you know intellectually I, I, I don't know if I could argue that that's the the ideal human diet uh, unlike others that have kind of fallen for for that thought uh, I can't make that argument because I think that when we get away from good high quality uh sources of phytochemicals which also I- include carbohydrate sources uh we're going to we're, we're going to be in in conflict with that ketogenic diet. So anyway, so when I when I went on the uh intermittent fasting and ketogenic approach uh with the intermittent fasting in particular uh what happened was that I was actually losing muscle mass. I have one of those scales that allows me to uh, monitor my my body fat percentage, my muscle mass, my water content, and my overall body weight. And what I found is if I'm not grazing, if I'm not eating more frequently, it sets the stage for me to, to start burning muscle mass. And that's not a good thing to happen. So for me, intermittent fasting is, is a no-go. Do I need to go keto to have good insulin sensitivity and, and build muscle and, and, and keep my blood sugar levels under control? I, I don't think so. I do think that uh, there are some people that can benefit, especially short-term, on a very low-carbohydrate diet. But I think long-term, uh, we're designed to, to eat. Uh, a diet rich in 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 these plant foods so uh, i'm a big proponent of uh eating a low carbohydrate load diet uh, but really focusing on those those good quality uh, fruits and vegetables that won't impact our blood sugar levels uh, adversely
1: yeah it's so funny that you just answered a question that i didn't ask because i've asked uh 19 experts on this show in the last year and we're about to publish a blog post called 19 health experts debunk the ketogenic diet and I think I might halt the presses for a minute and and get the transcript of what you just said there and make it 20. I mean it's always more fun when it's an odd number and that makes it way too even. So I might have to go round up one more but you, you actually asked a question that I'd sort of retired because I think I'm, I've been wondering if maybe my followers here on the podcast are getting a little tired of me asking people what they think of the ketogenic diet, but you actually just answered the question without me asking it. And that's an interesting take that you measured what happened when you do intermittent fasting because you're right, it's it's a very much a trending subject. We've interviewed uh, Dr. Walter Longo on the show, and uh, you're probably aware he published uh, The Longevity Diet at the beginning of this year, and he reviews the evidence uh, for fasting. I've been experimenting with fasting. I've done four fasts in the last two years of one to two weeks myself. And I was raised in a religious tradition where from the time I was eight years old, I fasted for 24 hours once a month. And it was was not particularly for physical health reasons, but it was more a spiritual practice. But I'm super interested to hear that you had a different experience with it. And there's always room for individuality here. Very interesting.
0: Yeah. And, and I'm not alone with that uh, experience. Uh, uh, but, you know, like I said, there's a lot of people that uh, that achieve uh, significant health benefits from, from intermittent fasting. I think one of the things I like about it is that uh, for people that have difficulty with portion control and uh, discipline, uh, it really gives them a, a framework uh, that will allow them to be successful. So uh, everybody should have that feeling of being hungry uh, on, a, on a regular basis. It's not a bad thing to experience. And, you know, it helps us be grateful for all the abundance that we have. Uh, but I think experience of being hungry Uh, is something that uh, I think our body really, really does respond to. In this day and age, you know, very few people really ever experience that. So I think that's one of the benefits of uh, an intermittent fast.
1: Yeah, I actually think that the word is kind of funny, intermittent fasting, because when you actually see the definition of it, it's like, that's not really fasting. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. It's funny, isn't it? Because uh, when you really, when you start when you look at the different blocks of time, uh, you know, a lot of people are unknowingly doing intermittent fasting. That's just the way their lifestyle works. Uh, you know, there's there's so many things that we can experiment with. Uh, for me, for example, uh, I, I find that uh, my body responds really well when I exercise in the morning. Uh, if I exercise more on uh, an empty stomach uh, than if I had a, even a protein shake or or a breakfast so um, other people they may find just the opposite but uh, I, I like I like monitoring uh, so I have this special scale I when I work out I have a heart rate monitor and I think these are like dashboards when you're eating or working out or you know, trying to be healthy if you have no dashboard it'd be like driving a car without uh, without a dashboard you wouldn't know how fast you were going if you had to get gas or anything that is wrong with the car you wouldn't know so i like these these tools that are now available and they're they're getting more sophisticated i mean now you know the the apple watch comes with a you can do an ekg on the on the apple watch so you know, it's, it's the future. We're going to have uh, data that's going to tell us uh, our blood sugar levels, our cortisol levels, all these different biomarkers, the degree of inflammation, uh, the activity of our microbiome. Uh, we're going to get cues to drink water if we're dehydrated. I mean, uh, it's, it's going to be uh, a, a proper use of this uh, technology that we've developed uh, we're going to be able to use it to, to help people live healthier lives.
1: Interesting. I'm just waiting for the Apple Watch to be able to guarantee me that it doesn't have such high EMF that it's going to make my wrist bones disintegrate.
0: <laughs> yeah, we've all fallen in love with technology. That, that's, that's for sure. I shouldn't say all of us, but a lot of us have. And um, it, it, it's often at a detriment. I mean, we, we've all seen this at restaurants, right? We, you look around at a restaurant, nobody's talking to each other, everybody's on their phone.
1: Yeah, I especially notice all the uh, single parents with two and three kids who are staring at their phones while their parents buy them an expensive dinner. <laughs> yeah, so you said something I wanted to go back to because we're we're curious what people who are older than we are, more advanced in their knowledge and wisdom, have accomplished more than we have. You've written twice as many books as I have. I'm at 15. You're at over 30. We want to know what you're doing that works for you. You look, uh, Dr. Murray. You look a lot younger than you are. I'm, I'm seeing you on video. You're, we, this isn't a video podcast, but um, people should know that you're extremely fit and youthful looking. And so we want to know what you do. You said, you said I have figured out what works for me. And I, I did a, a review of Bob Harper's new book recently, which I thought was really interesting in the sense that he was recanting. He's the Biggest Loser um, personal trainer and yeah. he, he basically said a, a year or so after his Widowmaker heart attack and he had gone to, you know, Esselstyn's uh, plant-based diet and he wasn't, he wasn't vegan by the time he wrote the book, but he was much, much more plant-based. He said, mm-hmm. hey, sorry for all the people that I told you to obsess about protein. I didn't know any better. I was overeating protein. I was massively overeating protein. I want to repent, I want to teach you about high nutrition carbohydrates and talking about fruits and vegetables like you and I were discussing before we started recording, but I would I would love to know, what do you eat and what else do you do besides what you eat that make you youthful and, and vital at yeah. 60?
0: I think to be truly healthy, uh, we have to approach it from from every possible angle. Uh, I, I like that parable of the poem about the blind men and the elephant. You listen to various health experts, they'll talk about, oh, this is the key to health, and uh, this is what you have to do, this one thing. And whenever I, I give an interview on TV or radio, it, it always seems that I get asked, well, so what's the most important thing? What do, you, what do you recommend? If someone had to do one thing, what, it would, what would it be? I said, that's easy. I'd recommend they do everything, uh, because that's really what you have to do. And uh, you have to develop a positive mental attitude. You have to have a health-promoting lifestyle. You have to eat in a health-promoting way, and and I think you have to support your body through the use of nutritional supplements and, and and other natural products as well as body work. And and that's what I've done. I've been a, a health nut, I guess, uh, since I was nineteen. I think in many ways I'm healthier today than I've than I've ever been. And I think you know part of that is 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 getting older and relaxing certain attitudes and and letting you know, things go that you can't control and, and, and then recognizing what you can control and, and try to to you know maximize your effort there uh, but yeah I, I I take a very holistic approach to health and As far as my diet goes, it's the same thing. I look at, you know, what what does my body need and what should I have? And one of the things that we're learning about with the microbiome especially is the importance of diversity in in the diet. And so uh, what I've done recently in the last, oh, probably, uh, you know, 18 months uh, is I've really been more mindful about you know, creating more diversity in my diet. So many people are eating the same foods, even if they're healthy foods. If you're limiting your diet to just, uh, you, know, you know, 10, 12 different foods that you're rotating through, uh, I don't think that that's really healthy. So uh, I, I've really tried to create more variety in, in my life. And one of the great ways to do that, Robin, is through using herbs and spices. And that's one of my axioms for for health is to spice it up, to herb it up, you know, throw in uh, more spices and herbs in in your dishes. And, uh, you know, the the American diet's generally pretty bland. And these herbs and spices, these are concentrated sources of uh, these phytochemicals, these plant-based chemicals that are so important to uh, our health. And, Gee, you know, take advantage of of these things. Uh, it adds more variety, to, and not only in terms of health benefits, but also in our enjoyment of food. Uh, so anyway, that's 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 something that I've I've really been mindful about and trying new things and. So, uh, you know, eating a, a greater variety of foods, uh, I am high protein, high quality fat, low carbohydrate diet. It's not anywhere near uh, low carbohydrate as a keto, but it is uh, lower in, in, in carbohydrate than, than, uh, probably a typical vegetarian diet.
1: Well, it's like you said, there are probably a lot of these healthy diets that get rid of the processed foods that lead to a healthy microbiome. And, and I believe that, and even though, you know, my, if my audience wants to know one thing about me, it's what, what do I eat? Even though I say I really don't eat animal products. Um, I also don't believe that you have to be a vegan to be healthy. And I think there's plenty of people doing some version of the paleo diet. We're all friends. We're all friends here. We're all on the same team. We're all, we're all really focused on the commonalities that we have, which are the processed foods are going to kill us. So the the less the better. I don't think any of, I don't think there's anybody who's going to say don't eat vegetables. So tell me just a few tidbits about the summit. If you would like to sign up for the summit, it will be free for a short time starting October 13th, my friends. And so you can get it at greensmoothiegirl.com/healingfoods summit. greensmoothiegirl.com/healingfoods summit. Tell us some of the most interesting people that you interviewed and and what what they talked about. I mean, I'm sure they didn't all just say eat more fruits and vegetables. There's probably more.
0: It was uh, it was great fun. One of the interesting things about our field, Robin, is that people are so passionate and uh, they're they're really good people. And that that's really the thing that struck me. And they're sincere. Uh, these are genuine people. So. Everyone uh, that they they had their their story and, and their perspective and their opinion, uh, but the bottom line is is that they're good people and uh, uh, lots of interesting things. Naveen Jain uh, telling people about Naveen because uh, Naveen is the uh, CEO and founder of Viome, which is the uh, microbiome uh, assessment uh, uh, company and. Uh, Naveen uh, had great success in the business world and he's a philanthropist and uh, he's, he's got multiple uh, entrepreneurial uh, activities, but he wants to make disease optional. And he, he believes that you know working to to understand the microbiome is the way to do that. And so we've been talking about the importance of that. So I'll say that uh, uh, Naveen uh, his his interview was was one of the the, the tops. Uh, I, I liked kind of the paleo and keto uh, uh, lectures that we had too. We had uh, uh, you know Rob Wolf and and uh, David Jockers and. Uh, I I thought they were very eloquent and uh, made really strong cases, and of course, uh, we all love Ocean Robbins and the Food Revolution uh, Network, and he's just very passionate, has a great story, and uh, he takes a a global look and and talks about not just the health benefits of the of uh, you know primarily vegan diet but also the the social and environmental impact so that was uh very you know, provocative and and then we had uh, uh joe Pizarno uh my friend uh, co-author and, and mentor talking about uh, the importance of eating uncontaminated food and you know robin uh, i i think the greatest threat to human health today is not you know too much sugar or some super virus. It's really this uh, ever increasing environmental load of toxin, pesticides, herbicides, flame retardants. So these persistent organic pollutants, uh, they're really uh, disrupting uh, our health. And and uh, J- uh, Joe does a great job of laying that argument, and that that's a really powerful. Uh, interview. Uh, ben Lynch talked about uh, uh, nutrigenomics and uh, dirty genes and, and how to influence your genes through the food that you eat. Uh, Trevor Cage talked about uh, clean skin from within. We had uh, uh, lots of people talking about reducing inflammation through changing your diet. Uh, Tom O'Brien, uh, Peter Osborne, uh, Stephen Masley, uh, you know, great, uh, great insights and uh, yeah. and then uh, Susan Pierce Thompson. I like I liked her personal story. Uh, she, she has uh, a, a program called Bright Line Eating, and and what that means is is that she believes that you have to have a bright line of uh, things that you're absolutely not going to do if you want to achieve your weight loss goals. And uh, she's someone who's uh, been able to uh, achieve uh, and, and maintain weight loss and. Uh, I think uh, that practical uh, advice, along with all this great science and experience that she has, just it's, it's just fantastic to hear her story. And, uh, and then for a lot of the uh, people in the U.S., they've never heard of uh, Patrick Holford. And uh, Patrick is uh, a, a U.K. A nutritionist and, and researcher. And so I, it was really great to give him a platform to introduce all the wonderful work that he's done in his career uh, to the American audience.
1: Well, it sounds like a great lineup. That, those are just some of the highlights. Yeah, you have you have a lot more speakers than that, but I know and love many of the speakers that you had on the summit. So I'm excited about it. It starts October 13th. Again, you can sign up for it for free. You definitely want to listen during that first week when the whole thing is free. It's at greensmoothiegirlcom slash summit healing foods summit. There's two S's in a row there in foods and summit. And so, Michael, I'm excited about this work that you're bringing forth. And thanks for bringing everybody around the table, because we really are all on the same team here. And thank you so much, too, for being on the show today.
0: Well, uh, you know, I'm a big fan. Uh, Keep up the good work. I appreciate the opportunity to share with your audience.